Croc, um, I can't watch you drink yourself to death any longer. You know, your wife died in that crash, not you. Hey guys, this is the Morbid Horror Podcast of Cyber Cinema, and today I'm joined by the boys of Sick on Cinema. If you guys would like to introduce yourself, hello, I am John. I am one half of the Sick on Cinema podcast. I am your other half, Matt. Awesome, and today we're going to be talking about Ron DeCaro, his short films, and The Gateway Meet. Um, technically, would be, I guess, considered the Bright Side trilogy, plus touching on Emancipation. And, uh, when did you guys first hear about Ron DeCaro, or when did you first discover his stuff? I'll probably find out about Ron DeCaro, like, right when Gateway Meet first came out. Like, I remember back in the day when Massacre Video wasn't, like, a boutique label, but it was just a website to find obscure movies. And I remember seeing the Gateway Meet cover then and wanted it, but never got a chance to get around to getting it. And then it wasn't until the Acid Brain. That's who put it out, right? Acid Brain? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that just brain. went out, too. Yeah. That's when I finally checked it out. It was actually this year. <laughs> it was the first time I ever like actually sat down and watched his movies. Yeah, that's when I first heard about him. Uh, I first heard about Ron DeCaro because of uh, YouTuber Horrible Reviews through his uh, Disturbing Movie series. And um, the gateway me always looked interesting to me, even though he did not have the most positive review of it. But he also will talk about like classic movies and be like, it's not 
that good or something like that. But I, I like his. I like his stuff though. Definitely. I've noticed uh, the gateway media is kind of split. People either love it or a lot of people think it's really overrated. I have, I've had like differing opinions on it and I'll touch on that when we start talking about the gateway meet. But uh, yeah. I think I noticed a lot more things this time that maybe I just forgot. This is probably my third time seeing the gateway meet, but I feel like there's things I forgot about and like really cool effects and set pieces that I forgot about. And just this time when I was, when I was watching it recently, it was like, Oh damn, that's really fucking sweet. For sure. Um, yeah. Uh, like, especially like again, we'll we'll get into it, of course. But like the shorts as well. Like, um, well, again, I'm sure we all have our own favorites when it comes to his stuff. Um, but yeah. Um, my my brain went blank. I apologize. I, was, I had a point. <laughs> I had a point, but my brain just like too much turkey. <laughs> too much turkey. <laughs> All right, so yeah, if you guys want, we can jump right into uh, his first short film, uh, which is Eating Razors from 2005, which basically tells the story of a depressed alcoholic suffering with hallucinations, and uh, he's fired from his job, his wife leaves him, and uh, just keeps kind of drowning in his sorrow with with alcohol, and um, he ends up having a friend over, and things just kind of go downhill from there, and uh, what do you guys think of Eating Razors? I like really admire like super like no budget um, filmmaking, and I think the first time I watched this movie, I don't know like I guess I just didn't have a whole lot of basis for like what the movies would be. So I think I was expecting something of a higher budget and maybe something like like an August Underground or something like that. So when I was yeah. watching them, I was like, this is way cheaper than I was ever imagining it was going to be. But uh, the concept is really cool, and like I, I really appreciate Ron DeCaro's like trippy imagery like it feels very jim van beverish to me at times when i'm watching his stuff um but like my only problem with like and this will kind of be a through line through a lot of this stuff is the the acting and stuff (laughs) is uh yeah it's a little rough around the edges at times i mean that that's guaranteed to happen with like especially like real like low low budget micro budget even uh productions so, I mean, it, it, it's kind of to, to be expected, but at the same time, again, when we first watched these, um, again, we had we had no idea what to expect, really. I'd seen clips from Gateway Meet, and that was about it. So. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things, and you just touched on it with it kind of being given with the territory of, of the micro-budget. And um, that's even how I felt uh, when I started getting into, when I was younger, but I started kind of dwelling off into more micro-budget uh, horror films. That was a complaint. Like, I remember the first time I saw, like, Brian Pollen's Bone Sickness. Mm-hmm. And um, and I really dug it. I thought, like, the gore was really cool when I first saw it. And then it didn't take me until, like, a couple years later when I returned to it and found this really great appreciation for it. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, you kind of learn to look over it a little bit. But I think there's, because Eating Razors, it's mostly Ron DeCaro's character. And I think he does a good enough job. I think, and we'll touch on it later, too, I think some of the more stiff acting comes out in um in the gateway meet but mm-hmm. i dug i dug eating razors i like um i like the like the tongue mutilation effects that he did yeah and, uh, oh yeah i thought the shitting out the razors at the end was a really cool <laughs> touch but it was really weird because it kind of uh and and this is probably intentional with the things like the trippy editing but you can't really tell what's real and what's not like uh mm-hmm. so he's so he's swallowing all the razors that uh he pukes up, and then he wakes up morning after, and there's, like, no blood on the floor, no blood anywhere, and then he yep. shits out the razors in the toilet. And I don't know if I'm just 
not high IQ enough or something. I, just, <laughs> I don't really understand like what happened there. Degara also has like a real sense of humor with his movies. I picked up this time more so than anything. Like there's mm. a shot in the car that like I literally was like laughing out loud. The camera like zooms up right on his mouth and he's like, "Vodka is my friend." Like, Damn, that's really funny, actually. <laughs> like, and I think there's yeah. a lot more humor in these movies than uh, I initially thought. Like, you know, it's easy to be like, "Oh, it's low budget and you know not very well made," so oh, that's why it's funny. But no, I, I think he was genuinely trying to be funny at times and succeeds in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's there's definitely a moment in the uh, movie we'll talk about later, of course, in Gateway Meet that mm-hmm. is so. It's so fucking funny that it had me in tears, pretty much. And like, oh my god, it's 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 so over the top. But like eating razors, like the con the concept of it is like that. That's what I admire the most about these is like the original, like the idea, the concept behind everything. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of this guy, you know, he's kind of like down on his luck after, you know, his his girlfriend, wife, you know. You know, etc. You know, whatever leaves him and stuff, and he um, goes in this you know downward spiral into alcoholism. Yeah, and like, and I think the movie kind of plays into fate a little bit too, because you know he meets the guy outside of the of the liquor store who sells him the eating razor CD or gives him eating razors. Yeah, yeah. In that moment, like you know, who knows? Like, because the movie's so trippy and plays with time so much, like maybe that was already like he'd already done it. You know, yeah, and they touch like on that manifestation the, of what happened. Yeah, and they even touch on that with the friend too. How it they kind of make a few cuts where it shows that the friend's basically been dead there the whole time. But yeah, yeah that was another thing that I completely forgot to touch on is um when he starts committing the act of uh, the self mutilation by the cutting of the tongue and the eating, eating razors. He does that right directly after he pops in that eating razor CD. Yeah, um, yeah. That metal band. Some obviously some sort of correlation with that. But yeah, you're right. Time is kind of a there's not really a solid concept of time. Um, and eating razors, and maybe I'll probably have to. It's due for another rewatch, and maybe more focused eye on it. But, but yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Um, uh, another thing, like maybe maybe this is just me. I don't know, but like the the edit, his editing style reminds me, of, of course, very much of the era. This you know his stuff came from, like your uh, you know two thousands horror, of course. But this one in particular. I get like, especially again with the editing, as I said, vibes of almost like homesick, where it, it feels like very erratic yeah. on purpose and um, experiments with a lot of stuff that I, you don't see a lot of people do, especially not anymore. Um, like he, all the effects he's like trying to work with, like especially like the digital effects, he tries to implement in uh, eating razors, especially. You just don't see that style anymore. Like yeah. you don't see yeah. anyone try to go after the super erratic and like uh, almost like manic style that he's able to capture in uh, pretty, pretty much the whole trilogy. But yeah, like, to me it felt like it had a very like Jim Van Baber. I think is the best way to describe like the Manson family. Very Manson mm. family, yeah. Yeah, like especially like the like the scenes in the Manson family that take place in modern time, with like the punk kids like doing the drugs mm. and like being all twitchy and crazy and shit. That's like, I really picked up a lot on that. I was like, I, like you know, because then I was trying to think. I was like, was the Manson family out then? Because I can't keep that timeline straight in my head. Like when that movie actually come out, when it was made. Oh god, <laughs> I have no idea. I think it was like two thousand three. It finally actually came out. 
I think so. I think it was 03. And then also one thing I, I forgot that I wanted to touch on with eating razors is uh, he's visited by that ghost of Laura, who you're basically led to assume is the wife that left him, even though she called him in the beginning. And then you wonder if the whole thing is just his, like uh, him being subjected to like the torment of the spirit of Laura, who he probably murdered in a fit of rage, which they even kind of touch on in the gateway meet because as people yep. see who will watch the shorts in the gateway meet is they're all existing in the same universe which i thought was really fucking cool oh yeah, yeah. it, it kind of which we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get to the gateway meet but it kind of led me to like almost like a conspiracy theory where it's like what if the gateway yeah. meet doesn't exist yeah it's all like he's like yeah yeah you know like <laughs> yeah like he died in and that very could, that very well could be um Damn it! I was going to say something else. But my brain is not working today. I apologize. My yeah, God, the turkey ball. <laughs> <You're all good. laughs> I didn't even add that much turkey. <laughs> well, that was like uh, that was. Uh, there's this clip going around, and it was uh, Alex Jones of Infowars, and he, he like he's talking about something. He spaces out, and he's like, "Excuse me, I had a big bowl of chili for lunch." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe that's what. In the, you know, to go back to eating razors, <laughs> uh, yeah. the scene with the wife in the mirror, too, is also like, I was like, that was really fucking well done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's oh, actually yeah. like generally kind of spooky and kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. And like the effects work, like his effects work is really good. Yes. Like, yeah. Very the makeup strong. effects are, are really, are really nice. Not just uh, a lot of the props, but, um, and I think there, there's two effects artists. I think he was like Aaron and Jack Labonte. I know they're credited. In the gateway meet, but I forgot to check to see if they're credited with special effects and in, in the short films. So I'm going to ask you this because our copy of the uh, the Bright Side trilogy, Eating Raises, the audio for some reason is completely fucked. Same here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if that was just on our end or uh, or what, but yeah. Like at points, it is kind of hard to hear everything that you know the characters are saying. That that's definitely yeah. not on the movie itself. That's more on the release, not the you know talk shit or anything like that. But um, but yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> it was kind of hard to like focus at times. I'm just like, oh my god, I can't hear anything. And that's even we're talking about some things being a given with like the acting with micro budget movies. And that's just another thing is some, you know, you'll constantly be turning, turning it up and down and up and down. The audio problems tend to be a big thing just because the lack of uh, resources, you know, at the disposal. Oh, yeah. But that is, uh, do you guys got anything else on uh, eating razors here? You want, we can jump on to the next one. I think we covered about everything with eating razors. Um, Maybe Uh, I know it's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be cringe. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know if my sense of humor is broken, but when he does shit the razors out, I, I laughed way yeah. too hard at it <laughs> because I, I don't know. I think I think my brain's just broken, but you know, <laughs> it is. No, I what thought, it, is, I I thought it was funny too. We, we might that. suffer for the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next short that he released. Uh, I believe it was yeah a year later in 2006 is the white lie which basically tells the story the white lie actually is the story is a lot more simpler than the gateway meat um and uh eating razors as well as emancipation but it basically tells the story of a drug addict who owes a guy money and uh, i was wondering what your guys initial thoughts on the white lie was uh this this one is like probably his nastiest thing in my opinion 
Like most means spirited for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is... genuinely really, really brutal at moments. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Super uncomfortable and like. He does his thing like he does it in this one and in the gateway meet where I, I you know I'm pretty sure it's the same guy though though was it the bright side butcher? Yeah, his name in the gateway meet he's credited as as uh, Ron. He has yeah. the name Ron, but yeah, bright side butcher. But like he'll take a hammer and like beat him in the spine with it, mm. and it's like it's really like it's like because he's not aiming to kill; it's just to maim. So yeah, kind of like you can't go anywhere and you're forced to like be subjected to his like sickness <laughs> yeah and of course like the there, there's a moment in this one that i feel like hits a bit of like gold when it comes to uh the extremity aspect is the the baby monitor going off yeah that, right when he's attacking the wife just in the back yep. yeah it's a and- really haunting visual and for, you know, mm-hmm. a guy who's, like, pretty willing to, like, go there and show you everything, to hold back and to be subdued in that moment, to not show you what's happening, I just think it was way better than if he had, like, a prop baby and smashed up the hammer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. And they even played with, a, well, they um, they have the audio playing over the baby monitor. You know, he walks upstairs, and they play the audio over. And you hear, um, at first, the baby's crying, and then he's constantly, uh, there's, like, sound of blunt force constantly mm-hmm. coming down. And you hear the baby uh, yelling out almost like what would be in sync or the correct timed response for being yeah. hit, you know, yep. very hard. And I'm wondering how they, what they did to pull that off. If they just had an adult kind of make those baby like sounds, I just mm-hmm. think it'd be so if you're dealing with an actual baby, how hard it would be, you know, and how many times you'd have to shoot that to make, you know, maybe there's some, uh, editing magic involved there, but I thought that was really impressive too. I was wondering what they, what they did with that. Yeah, I think I actually think like for the most part, like he will sometimes use kind of stock sound effects that you hear in a lot of low budget films that I'm not the biggest mm-hmm. fan of, but I think a lot of times like he layers sounds very well actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He builds like this like tension and this atmosphere by just using like multiple song like songs and sound effects and kind of like layering everything on top of each other. I actually really like really like that a lot. Yeah. He has a very unique style that is um exclusively to him and no one else like you, you oh, don't yeah. really see the techniques and stuff that he does like, even in the way he like just shoots like normal scenes like there's there's uh, a scene of him drinking uh, a glass of vodka i don't remember which sh- uh movie it is but it's shot from the bottom of the glass it yeah it looks so uh it's just very unique shots he, that he throws in here that um, I think it's very interesting. I think it'd be even good for like someone who like wants to make their own films. I think watching Ronda Caro's shorts and the gateway meet are good kind of, uh, you can maybe pick up some good lessons of uh, how to get some good shots down. But yeah, he's really creative with his camera work, especially for someone of that degree at the time with, with that micro budget. And that was really impressive, but also uh, going back to that baby scene, um, then they just salt the wound and have beat the addict dad to death. <laughs> you know, they start beating him with the baby in the bag and then takes the hammer to him. <laughs> like, I, I remembered... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Matt. Like, I, I remembered the short, but I did not remember that part. And there is this part where you have, like, a little bit of nervous laughter where you're like, oh, my God. He's actually... He's beating him with his own dead baby. What <laughs> yeah. the fuck? <laughs> It, the prop it hammer, like, too, looks oh, great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, like, it looks fantastic. There's actually like a moment where you can kind of see like a little sheen on it, like it's like metallic. And I was like, damn, that was mm. good work on that prop because like there's times you can't yeah. can't distinguish it from the real one. Especially when he hits yeah, him 100%. in the head. Yeah, the head shot's really good. Mm. Yeah, it looks very very real. And like you know, it's yeah. 11 minutes. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's really mm. brutal. It's really mean spirited. You know, like it's amazing that it doesn't get talked about more actually. But I guess it got overshadowed by the gateway meat and eating razors. Yeah, yeah. Maybe because because of the length, but like as far as like Dakaro stuff, it's definitely like his most mean spirited and like nastiest movie. Mm. Oh yeah, I've always said my favorite. Uh, or we'll get to, we'll get. Well, it kind of spoils it. But, um, <laughs> is the white lie? Yeah, I think the white lie is awesome, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. I can't I can't remember the exact runtime it has, but it probably hangs around like twelve to fifteen minutes. Yeah. But it just works perfectly, doesn't need any more or any less. Um but yeah, I mean basically we were talking about we were digging really deep in the explanation of uh like eating razors, but I mean this is basically just in my eyes a cautionary tale of uh drug use and the lifestyle that, that comes with it and how it can mm-hmm. put you and your loved ones uh, in jeopardy because there are crazy motherfuckers out there within yeah. that world that will do some crazy shit like that oh yeah and like i don't know it, the guy who plays ron or the bright side butcher in the gateway meet is the same one in this one and i think he does a way better job in this movie yeah I a little more intimidating he doesn't have as much to do he just needs to be big and intimidating mm, and he does a little really, dialogue really well yeah he like, just he just plays a, a, a mean bastard in this yeah, Where and he I is feel... cast really good too. He's just this giant force. I'm not sure how big or how tall the dude is in real life, but that that was cast perfectly. Oh. Even though it's probably just like a friend he had at the time was one of the people he knew yeah. how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the white lie. Is there any uh, anything else you guys want to say about the white lie? Uh, I, th- no. I think I think. Uh... I'd, that'll probably be spoiling the the end part there, so I probably, I probably should uh, shut my mouth there. <laughs> I don't want to spoil like favorites and stuff, but I guess I guess I already did that. But yeah, <laughs> bunch of <spoilers>. <laughs> <laughs> spoiling things. Yeah, and um, the third short film is, uh, and I I mentioned this earlier. Uh, I didn't realize came out after the Gateway Meet in my head. For some reason, I always thought he had these three short films before he made the Gateway Meet. But the third film is uh, Emancipation from 2011. And this one, kind of similar to The White Lie, is a basically uh, not too complex of a story that shows basically two scumbag teenager, alcoholic kind of guys. And um, they're uh, torturing this rat to hang on this guy's sister's bedroom door. And um, they uh, and I, I know John. I know that um, you didn't get to this one, but I know you did, Matt. And um, that that rat torture that was legit. Yeah, um, I don't like again. It's probably movie a little, a little bit of movie magic, but like, there's definitely a point where you see that the rat is alive. Yeah, and then in the next scene. It's heads being nailed to this board, and uh, it is very uh, startling. I mean, I'm not saying mm-hmm. like they legit just killed this, you know, this fucking rat, but it yeah. looks like it. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe I don't know. I'm I'm torn on it. I could be wrong, and you can people can pull off some really impressive, uh, in fact, effects and editing. 
Um, but maybe there was a live rat that died at some point, but they used, but yeah, when I saw the nail through the head, that that's, that's, you know, that was, that was all legit. But, um, yeah, but yeah, continuing on the, basically the sister of this guy's pimp comes by and he sees the rat disgusted by it. And, uh, basically comes out that breaks out into a slight physical altercation with, uh, one of the teenagers and his sister's pimp. And, um, after the guy leaves, he decides that he wants to put the rat back on the door. Once he uh, does that, he wants to put it on the back of the door, and he sees his sister dead, dead and OD'd, and basically assumes mm-hmm. that this pimp is to be held responsible for And um, ends, obviously, with the pimp coming back and seeing the rat, and what breaks out uh, into a, a really cool gore effect is when he takes the back of the axe to that pimp's head. And then, because yeah. the electrocution on the rat, I noticed, did not look legit. But uh, then he does the electrocution effect, which oozes the brains out of the skull. And I thought that was such an awesome effect. Yeah. Um, I guess my, my biggest, like, issue with this short, though, is it kind like, when it comes to, like, the the, the trilogy, um, this one kind of feels like it does tread the same water maybe a little too much, maybe. Where mm. it is, like, um, you know... I don't know how to, how to describe it. It does feel like I'm trying to figure out the the right way of describing this, but I don't I don't know. I feel like there's more that could have potentially been done with this the short. Like I feel like the like the plot of it does feel kind of empty at times. Mm-hmm. But the again the effects and stuff do look super solid, and I do think. The performances are um, that they, they, they are pretty pretty good, especially for the budget they probably had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I and again, the, was, the guy who plays the pimp was pretty good. I thought. Yeah, uh, I do think he did a, a really good job in this. I, I I just feel like the 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 plot is just a, li- a little empty at times, where it is kind of just yeah. like like okay, um, this guy doesn't agree with what this guy's doing he leaves he comes back and then it's just like oh he's dead i i don't know it can kind of feel like ronda car wanted to pull off this effect by electrocuting the the bastion head which uses the brains out and kind of wrote a story around it i've always kind of felt that this this um and i do enjoy this short but i've always thought that it was a little bit lacking compared to uh the white lie and eating razors yeah I, i do agree with that completely it kind of ends abruptly too with him just kind of torching the house. But you, we were also touching on makeup effects. I thought um, the injection of the dope into the dude's arm was really a nice effect. It looks really, really solid. Yeah, it, it look it looks legit. Doesn't look like it cuts to like just like a silicone arm and sticks the needle. Yeah, it looks, it looks he did that really, really good. And I'm sure the dude didn't actually wasn't shooting himself up. <laughs> yeah, like that, but it that looked that it looked that good. So. And it was also very interesting to see people that he had not worked with before. Yeah, yeah, kind of seeing some fresh faces. And this also was, uh, what, three years after the Gateway meet, so he probably maybe had, you know, new circle around him at the time and was able to put some fresh faces in. Yeah. Um, I, again, the the effects in it are really good. The rat stuff is, like, questionable. Yeah, <laughs> as as we talked about a little bit, it is like, again, like me and John have talked a bit about this on you know sick on cinema, but it is like, should should we be doing 
stuff like that in a modern time frame. Even if it, even if the animal is dead, alive, whatever, mm-hmm. it does. I don't know. It, it does feel like there is a very odd, weird line that that maybe we should not be crossing anymore. But at the same time, it is hypocritical for me or any of us in this community to say that if we like love cannibal Holocaust or mm-hmm. bear ox and all that stuff. But again. The the rat could have been completely fake too. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, I'm not trying to make any accusations that that oh, uh, no. <laughs> they killed it. Even though it kind of sounded like that was my insinuation, but it did like pretty legit. I've tried not to hold people too hard on. And you just mentioned, you know, how people are hypocritical with the cannibal holocaust. Um, but um, I don't know. It's one of those things where I've kind of questioned my. I, I I eat a lot of meat. I'm a big meat eater. Um, and I've kind of there's been times in my life where I've question my morality or i've gotten upset over films that uh, like marion door films for example where you'll see mm-hmm. real animals being killed and um i don't know sometimes it's a little bit of a statement it's made to make you feel uncomfortable but um yeah i think nowadays it's probably we're probably going to see less of it because it's just one of those things that's a little less socially acceptable now you know even like like back in the yeah. day people used to shoot kids used to shoot squirrels with bb guns now it's just like a norm you know but today that would be something that's more frowned upon Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it, it it is a very like it, it is a complicated thing, especially like when you look at like older movies. Uh, John can tell tell what the name of the movie is, but I I don't remember the name of it. But there's a movie with like Donald Pleasance where they kill a bunch of kangaroos. Oh, wake up, rot. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, that, that's probably going to be very upsetting for people to watch nowadays. And, like, again, probably upsetting even then. Like, when you watch Cannibal Holocaust, I'm, I guarantee there are people even even then that were like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. You know, that's too much or, you know, something in that vein. It's such a complicated thing, right? Because, like, this could be a whole episode of a podcast in its own right. Oh, you yeah. Know, the morality of mm-hmm. filmmaking in general. Oh, yeah. And it's 100%. like, it's hard to be like, oh, well, there is a difference. But, like. When I watch something like Blood of Humanity by Marion Moore mm. or something like that, and I see that piglet scene, it does feel mm. like, I know maybe this doesn't shouldn't, but it is like it's worse for some reason. Because it just feels like he's just designed, to, that's just designed to show you the suffering of that animal. You know, and, yeah. and I don't know if there's any excuse for any kind of artistic merit in that. I don't know. I guess my th- stance on that whole thing is like, I, I think we all should just kind of stay away <laughs> from yeah. like really killing things. <laughs> it's kind of cheap yeah. shock in a way. Yeah, but um, I I actually those two new door films uh, was it uh Desire of Maria D and Blight of Humanity. Yeah. I did not get around to those ones actually. I I, I do like um some uh, some Dora stuff. Voyage to Agatis is probably my favorite. Uh, Marion Dora, <laughs> and I do enjoy Cannibal. Uh, I think Cannibal Cannibal's like visually stunning, but yeah, I haven't gotten around to those two new Dora films yet. Um, I I watched uh, Blight pretty recently like a couple of days ago actually and um okay. yeah it's and it, yeah it's it's fucked it'll fuck with you <laughs> yeah 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 i, I, don't I, know. I just uh or what were you saying oh I, I was just gonna say i can't lie when i finished it i was pretty fucking mad about what uh he did it's re- it's really fucked yeah i think uh and i've even talked to uh 
Chris, who runs Cyber Cinema, and he, because when he saw Blight, he kept mentioning the Piglet scene too. And uh, I think that kind of, um, because originally when the when that because there was like a big thing with that uh, that first release of of those two films it was on like a double yeah. feature, one Blu-ray or something like that, and then we ended up seeing uh, I can't remember. I was it Black Lava? Maybe maybe it was Black Lava. But they did the release of them Lava. too. And then after I heard kind of the stuff about Blight and stuff, it just seemed like my motivation to to grab them went down just a little bit. But I'm sure there will be one day where well, I'll eventually get around to to watching them. Yeah, um, I will say like. When you get to like Blight, because I've heard actually pretty positive things about Maria D, but yeah, Blight, uh, prepare to have your day ruined. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those. Yeah, I'll go into that mentality. Melancholy kind of, well, Melancholy is a, it's very long to get through, but that's how I felt about some of the stuff in Melancholy. And even yeah. the big thing about Angels Melancholy, and even though we're going off into a totally different conversation on <laughs> Dora now, um, yeah. people always cite the cat scene. As uh, and the cat scene is, is messed up, but even um, that slaughter of that uh, that bull and I think it's a bull, in in melancholy where it's just being stabbed in the snout and shit. To me, that was even a little harder than the cat scene, and I love cats. Yeah, yeah. through in that movie, which we'll get back to that, you know, the Carl stuff here in a second. But <laughs> in, in Angel's Melancholy, like there's a thing where they just like step on a gecko for no reason. Yeah, yeah. And that bothered me more than anything because I'm just like that was so pointless that there was no reason mm. for that. It added nothing to that movie. No, I don't know. I mean, piss uh, cutting the <laughs> cutting the eyes off that like snail. Yeah, there's there's yeah. <laughs> there's some unnecessary stuff in there, but there is some gross shit like the there's the colostomy bag stuff and the and the shit not smeared on the pussy scene and that movie's uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, but that was uh, Emancipation and um. We kind of maybe spoiled this a little bit earlier, but what was your guys' favorite short from over on Dakaro? White Lies. <laughs> White Lies. Yeah. yeah, same here. White Lies. I think, like we were talking about earlier, I like how just simple but mean-spirited it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, even for... It's so cool when you can watch something that somebody made on such a low budget give you feelings like the baby monitor scene of being like genuinely unnerved from what you're watching. And I, I think that just shows... Uh, I don't know. It's just crazy the the power of what what that can do and and where your creativity can go and I don't know, but yeah, white lie. And both actually went up in my like estimate as I was watching them from the first time I watched them. Like uh, I don't know, the first time I watched them, I didn't really get. Well, I actually liked white lie a lot the first time I watched it, but eating razors I wasn't really into. But this time I actually did dig it a lot, lot more than I did the first time around. So yeah, same here. I want to touch on that too because eating razors was pretty forgettable i i forgot like 80 percent of it yeah um what and this time around picked up on, on so many new things i don't know if i just wasn't paying attention when i originally watched it because that one i've only seen once before and that was when that acid brain release came out but um but yeah i even though white lies my favorite i really got a lot more appreciation for eating razors yep. and um i still dig emancipation for the most part and i think the effect with the uh, smashing of the pimps head was intellectuating it was yeah it was, Cool. Yeah, it, it it's a pretty nasty effect. Like I, I feel like it's definitely worth watching just for probably just just, just for that alone because it is like, yeah. very well done. I think one of the things it doesn't about have a super razors, long run time either. Yeah, no. One of the things about eating razors, the why it went up in like into me was uh like there's times you can like and this is like super low budget and like amateurish, but it's like you tell that Dakaro is filming himself at points. Like just setting a camera on a tripod and like running into shot. And that's just so much harder. Like this dude was like, I'm going to make this movie. 
I mean, I have mm-hmm. nobody to hold the camera for me, but I'm going to make this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's just, like, super admirable. Yeah, you can definitely tell that a lot of heart goes into the stuff that, that Randy Carr makes, and he puts a lot of effort in, especially, like, uh, citing, like, the editing and eating razors and the time and that he puts into it all. It's really admirable. Oh, yeah. It's it's super DIY. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Pretty much all these are. It's, like... Uh, Peak DIY filmmaking for Underground Horror, in my opinion. I, I dug these a lot more. Uh, I have a kind of like a newfound appreciation for them, especially what we're going to talk to about ne- or talk about next, which is Ronda Carlos' first feature-length film, which is The Gateway Meet from 2008, which basically tells the story. Well, it starts off with credits explaining that in 2006, the president was assassinated and, by a religious extremist and... They just kind of say that America went on as it as it would, which I'm not really quite sure sure what that meant. But um, <laughs> it takes place around this this kind of George Bush worshiping cult uh, in, in a coastal town. And uh, what were you guys' thoughts? Uh, I know you said you've seen the Gateway Meet before. Is there like a new pro- newfound appreciation, or uh, what were your secondary thoughts on Ronda Carr's Gateway Meet? So like, I. Uh... I really love the idea that, like, you know, a lot of movies would be like, all right, this movie takes place in 20-whatever, you know, because, like, the president was assassinated, mm. all this shit happened. But this is like, no, this is just a weird alternative reality. Yeah. It's yeah. Not yeah. The future, it's just, it's the president, it's just different. And I was like, that's a really cool idea that I've not really seen done a whole lot. And led to, like, what I think is my favorite scene in any of the Ron DeCaro films. And I, again, I, I know it was meant to be funny because it had to be. <laughs> the moment where he's talking about like the greatest moment of his life or something like that. <laughs> like, I'll never forget the day I was blessed. And he holds a picture of Ball Guy being held by George Bush and insinuating him. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking amazing. Like, that is it's so funny. It's so strange. But I was like, that is so good. Like, yeah, he... like little things adding stuff like that make it like, really, really good, actually. <laughs> That's the scene I was referencing earlier that nearly killed me because it just it comes out of <laughs> left field. It's like you get a little bit of like the George Bush things here and there with like pictures mm. of him and stuff like that. But God, when he holds that picture, I was like, I'll never forget the day I was blessed. And he just goes, ah, he kisses <laughs> it. Photo. It's <laughs> it's so funny. And that's something I picked up on too was just like the George Bush stuff. Like I saw it last time, but I just was like, oh, you know, it came out when George Bush was president. It's a fuck George Bush movie. Get mm. it. But, like, this time I'm watching, I'm like, no, they're just anyway that George Bush is, like, a Satanist, and, like, he was the president who's killed, and he's, like, a martyr to them. And yeah. Like, yeah. Like, is like, are they opening, like, because the whole thing is they're trying to open portals, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, are they trying to open portals to go get Bush? Like, you know, like, it, it creates yeah. like, this weird paradox that's, like, I don't know, it's very interesting and unique. It's also yeah. really subtle, kind of, uh, how they, when they talk about the ability to opening open portals, and, and when, it, when you first see the mentally challenged guy and he's painting with uh sophie who's uh played by randy caro's daughter in it you think maybe it's like a brother or something and he has like a mentally challenged son but they they later talk about um when they were at that Brightside butcher dude's place how he basically has the ability to create these portals and how he brought him back basically to his dad's house a long time ago and um i don't know i'm kind of that kind of left me the whole portal thing left me with some more questions about it i feel like i didn't fully understand what was going on there or what um what 
ritual necessarily had to be done to uh, have these portals open because they also touch on things like tuning into a certain radio frequency and yep. the whole thing just gets pretty pretty bonkers. Yeah, um, it, it plays with reality a lot too, as John talked about with you know this alternate universe. And it, again, this movie does not feel like it takes place in any timeline that we know of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like certain things are similar, but nothing is normal. And like, I don't know. It, it's like, there's a lot of like creative things that I wish they kind of play with more in this. Yeah. That's kind of one of my biggest problems with the movie is that like, it feels unfocused at times. Like they bring up this idea about these portals and like this whole, like, you know, like they got to use the sky to open these portals. And like, you kind of expect that's where the movie goes. And yet it kind of still just hangs around these people doing things. And I Mm -hmm. do, and it's probably a budgetary reason. Like, how do you pull that kind of stuff off on that level of budget? (laughs) Yeah. So without making some really crappy visual effects. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So I understand (laughs) it, but it would have been more interesting of a movie. I feel like if they would have just focused in on, a little bit more on the main plot line instead of like getting yeah. distracted by all the set pieces throughout. Something I do want to touch on is like there's a scene in particular like where Ron DeCaro's character gets shit faced mm. and like he's just having these like hallucinations of his dad. Mm. That mm. effect that he uses, like where the the uh his dad like, just keeps like disappearing and coming back into frame. Yeah. Looks so cool. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone really do anything like that. That scene yeah. in particular also has some of DeCaro's best like practical effects, like the scene where he's like, yeah. oh yeah, stabbing in the face. I thought that looked fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Which that goes to because <clears throat> that uh, the character of Ron, who's the bright side butcher, is supposed to be watching over because he because the whole point is Ron is moving out of his condo and going back to his father's place to continue this occult work that is that his father started who passed and um that ron the bright side butcher is supposed to take take care of uh of the condo and that because this play is kind of uh like with eating razors did is um what's real and what's not because he comes into that condo because he um there's like a showing for it the next day or whatever and um Next thing you know, you know, there's a woman dead on the floor, and then there's not, and then there's two unbound and tied together, and then there's not, and um, that's that's kind of close to the ending too when you have the um, the religious door knockers passing mm-hmm. through. But, but yeah, this this movie you touched on earlier, even playing with time, but kind of really playing with you don't know what's real or what's these hallucinations, and how um, what's the word I'm thinking for kind of how base in reality it is like if these hallucinations are something that he's suffering from mentally or if it has to do with um th- this cult activity going on but yeah that was also that that's really my main problem with this movie and i do enjoy this movie um i think i enjoy it most for a lot of its uh makeup work and effects but the plot does kind of get lost and mm-hmm. sometimes uh and i felt like that the last two times i watched it too and i really try to keep a closer eye on it this time but still yeah. i've too many questions about um even the cult itself and the cult activity itself um but yeah because with some of the victims like uh with the they have obviously that awesome scene which is the most one of the most notable scenes of this movie where the pizza delivery guy comes over and he's delivering the pizzas and yep. which le- which he gets abducted that leads to the the columbia necktie scene but he has this uh 
like this metal band strapped around the victim's head yeah kind of playing this audio frequency and, but he also had a mentally challenged guy present in the room while this is happening so then i'm thinking is these are these portals happen from like a combination of this this present like does seeing uh inf- pain inflicted on others kind of put this guy in such a distressed state where he kind of opens you know somehow this this new reality or this portal to another dimension in his brain but, but yeah but some of the victims um like when they go to the brightside butcher's house and he brings sophie and he brings um uh the mentally challenged guy there uh they there's not they don't have that machine playing this or radio you know, strap up this this frequency and they're there because the guy kind of wants to see the capabilities of what this mentally challenged dude can do and how these portals are open, but it just kind of drops and you don't really get, get anything at the end of it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I assumed it was a portal to hell. I don't know why I assumed that. Yeah. I don't think they ever mentioned that, but I would just assume that's what it was. So it's like, you don't even really know what these portals are, which I don't know if that's like a rotting mm-hmm. issue or if maybe that's what he wanted. You know, you wanted to be vague and, you know, not clear it's very possible like you said like that's my biggest problem with the movie is it just like it gets for a movie that shouldn't be confusing it gets confusing yeah yeah um like so something i will say like you're you're bringing up the uh the whole aspect of like seeing someone go through like tremendous pain that opens a portal like it's for some reason when when you said that it kind of clicked to like martyrs to an extent with the yeah. whole basis of, you know, how things play out in that movie without, you know, going into, like, all kinds of detail and spoiler territory. Yeah. I, I think it's a very, that's a very interesting. People should have seen Martyrs by now, sorry. You can spoil <laughs> Martyrs if you want. That's all that's <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty easy to see at this point. You should have seen it at this point. <laughs> it's, it's true. But anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, like... <laughs> I, I do like that idea a lot where it's like, oh, you know, if we, you know, force all these things into his his brain and like just, you know, force him to witness all these horrible things that it'll eventually open this portal to some some world or hell as John, you know, insinuated to. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I Again, that is the biggest problem is like it does not play with that enough. I feel like. Yeah. Which, you know, there's a I part in the, the movie where they, to... like, literally directly reference eating razors. Yeah. Like, he has, like, a yeah, well, that was another thing I wanted to... Or, I'm sorry, I, <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're good. I mean, it's just, like, you know, maybe there's a possibility that, like, eating razors happen, and that is, you know, the character in the, you know, in the gateway meet, and none of this is real. This is all his, like, hell. This is his delusions. This is his dying thoughts you know mm-hmm. and that would make some of this stuff make, make more sense that it doesn't make sense because like he doesn't know what it is he's he's probably still in the bathroom shitting out razors and dying <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly it could be some weird uh purgatorial state that, that's going on but it, when he goes back into that condo um to check on it there it shows it, it, there's the reference to eating razors because it shows the wife being stabbed in the face which you're supposed to i guess assume is laura from eating razors and then it shows him eat, literally eating a razor, and uh, that was because we touched on that earlier of how they kind of how the these all these these shorts and the gay we meet, uh, with the exception of emancipation, all exist in this in the same universe with each other. Yeah, yeah, because the um, condo itself is the condo from What Lies. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 
in which is maybe how they came about it because they killed the tenants and took it over. You know, <laughs> like is, is it not yeah. the same house from Eating Razors too? Mm, that I'm not sure about. It kind of didn't look. Similar. Maybe okay, maybe it did. It's, uh, for for some reason it seemed like it was a little different from from the house needing razors, but I could I could be wrong on that. I didn't pay close enough attention on that. I mean, I could be completely wrong too. And to be fair, like I I watched these like super late at night, and <laughs> it's very possible that I could have I could be just like mixing things up in my brain a little bit, but mm. um yeah, so there's something I do want to bring up about this like was there like i'm pretty sure there was like a little bit of controversy with ron using his daughter in this yeah, there was yeah people are people are upset about that that i'm not so sure i get because it's like if you watch the movie actually you can clearly tell she's never actually around yeah mad like well he i've blood. seen uh i've seen like an interview with ron but and what and what they did because there's the scene where um sophie is finger painting and Ron's working in the kitchen, and uh, he's like, you know, do you want to finger paint with something else? And then, so basically what he did is uh, he shot all of her reaction shots to seeing the bathroom and the bathtub, yep. but then he shot all the shots of the bathroom and the bathtub separately. And he's even explained uh, how he's got criticism for that. And uh, maybe people get upset because uh, in that scene she says, uh, you fucking bitch, painting, uh, doing the finger paint blood on the walls. But yeah, he from from at least what I've heard, and I haven't heard uh, in that interview in, in a little while now. But from what he's explaining, it seems like he did it in a pretty um, in, in a good way. It just seems like he got the shots of her that he needed completely separately in a different room, yeah. and the dialogue she needed, like her peeking through the door when they're at um, that Brightside Butcher's place. And also, mm-hmm. one other thing that I meant to bring up um, in that that Brightside Butcher place when he's eating that woman in that standing casket. With that spiked baseball bat, you, it almost—I originally thought that it was just like a life-size silicone prop, maybe. And uh, yeah. but then you see it kind of breathing and realize it's real. And I thought probably one of the most uh, impressive effects in this movie was that that coffin girl. I think it was a coffin that she was in, like a standing casket. Yeah. But that yeah, then she lunges. Yeah, the mentally challenged character kind of starts feeling her up and almost like tits and stuff like that and then she lunges lunges towards him and that's when butcher beats her to death in the head with the mallet but um yeah in particular in this film like with DeCaro's like effects work is like the corpses look fantastic mm. like oh there's yeah the pregnant girl in the bed that i thought looked really mm. good and then there's when mm. uh DeCaro's character goes into the apartment building after uh the broadside butcher has done his staying and there's the guy, which, you know, no spoilers, but there's a guy with, like, a electrode on his dick who's, like, rotting. Mm-hmm. Who looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. And yeah. there's, like, mm-hmm. two girls who are, like, bound together that I thought was an insanely cool visual as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And kept yeah. it alive, too. Those girls were still alive, too, which I thought yeah. was a, a nice little touch. Yeah. Like, I hate to backtrack to back to what we were talking about uh, with his daughter, but it's like, it's like, yeah, he makes extreme movies, but why, why, why the fuck would they assume that he just put his daughter in that kind of situation. Right. Especially since it's real exactly. clear. Like, if you watch it, you can easily tell how they did it. Yeah. That she's being shot one way and then mm. everything that's actually extreme has been shot at a completely different time. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, it's right. obvious that that's how they did it. <laughs> yeah. She was never in any danger. It's clear. <laughs> if anything... I mean, the continuation of it is completely fucked up, though. You know? Oh, yeah. And, like... That's why he did it. Because <laughs> it works. Yeah. And, like, even, like... 
Honestly, I figured what people would be more upset about was the gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, she, he's literally having his daughter cat people in the movie. But that's the, the scene, the, the bathtub was the problem? I don't know, that's kind of weird. But, I, I, don't I don't know. know. Even, even if he did shoot these scenes where he has his daughter, who maybe watches him make props, you know, at home, and is so mm-hmm. used to it, I I still don't even see why people should throw a fit, hissy fit, even if she was shown like some bloody props or something like that in the first place either. I think uh, I I don't know what what that was all about, but, but yeah, we were even talking about how the mean spiritedness of uh, the white lie and Gateway Meet has some some pretty mean spirited parts. Like, I like that yeah. um that takes place in the bath or not bathroom the basement, that kind of snuff scene with Ron and Marcus. And then there's that rave scene with Marcus on the corpse. Yep. And then also yeah. um, after the religious uh, door knocker people are, are killed in the bathtub. And then Marcus is ki- around the car's character, Marcus and his wife have sex over the dead bodies Yeah, over that. But yeah, it's yeah. funny how the controversy comes to, Oh, your, your young daughters in this movie. It, it's like it's, also clear that she's yeah. having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, like she's not having a problem. And, you know, also, I actually too- thought like some of the aspects of that was kind of interesting because like okay, she's a little kid, she's not necessarily a good actress, but mm. the fact that he was able to get her to like recite lines is mm. pretty insane. Because, yeah, because like, she's young, she's young. To get a kid to do anything like that, <laughs> right? Like she, she's like what three, four, something like that, maybe. Like- I was gonna say she's like very young kid slash toddler, and the and they even have her do some lines of dialogue like in the beginning of the film when when uh, she goes into the room and wakes them up because she wants to go to the park. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is another weird shot in that park is there's like a like a straight razor. They cut to a, a straight razor laying in, in the water there, and then that doesn't yeah. really nothing really. You don't find out anything if anything really happened at that park, or I'm not really sure what that what that shot was about. It could be easily just kind of setting up the seediness of this world too. Hmm. It's like yeah, like it's necessarily safe because everybody in this movie is kind of scummy. There's really no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, they definitely, um, and even in the beginning credits, they kind of go how, um, or they they insinuate that something has gone awry in that coastal town since that uh, that assassination that happened in, yeah. in 2006. Yeah. My only other like big problem with this movie. Is um, and we kind of talked about how he was really good in White Lie. <laughs> is the guy who plays Ron or the Broadside Butcher? You've spent a mm. lot of time with him, and as far as like delivering dialogue and stuff like that, he's so uncomfortable, and you can just feel it. And he's got his mm. hat like pulled over his eyes because he just you can tell he just doesn't really want to do it, but he's probably doing it. Yeah, buddy, mm. it it hurts some of those scenes a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is probably going to show my morbid sense of humor. <laughs> but the scene where the corpse is in the bed, like, it's definitely supposed to be for shock value. But when he puts the, like, the sandwich on the body and just says, so he's like, oh, you want it? You want some? Oh, fine. Fuck you then. It yeah. is like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's going to have people hate me now for saying that i don't know <laughs> but... with that actor it is kind of strange though because there are some uh like when him and uh and ronda car ronda car's uh, character marcus are sitting in the basement after that like snuffy scene and that's when there's like some really the guy you can tell the guy's having a lot of hard time delivering some dialogue but the dialogue seems a lot more natural 
Brolin Smooth when he is laying in yeah. bed with the pregnant girl. And at first you don't notice it's a dead pregnant corpse and you think it's just a purse. And then he's like, you know, are you already rotten on me, bitch? And then he un- unflips the, uh, the blanket and then you see this dead pregnant woman laying there. But, but yeah, I, I that had that was just uh, some really solid makeup effects. And I keep saying this enough, but there's so many solid makeup or special effects I've noticed in this film. Yeah. And also even just a lot of the set pieces um, in that basement was were a lot... Were, was really reminiscent in my opinion of uh like the basement and murder set pieces too and i thought that was that was really cool i'm a huge murder set pieces fan i got that and like august underground as well Hmm. yeah there was something in the air around this time where like gringy dirty nasty basements were in you know yeah (laughs) that was the thing to do in these movies (laughs) well i I think that also stems from it's like yeah basements like even as like a kid it's like yeah basements are kind of creepy so to yeah. have like this like whole dark, you know, thing that you don't know that's happening unless you're there, happening in, in this dark, dingy basement, it just adds a slayer of like scuzziness to everything. So mm-hmm. I think I think it's one other thing that I want to touch on too is how like, what is the importance with the painting that Sophie starts in the beginning where it's the the Rocky painting. And they, yeah. they put so much of a focus on that. And then even, and we're getting really to the very end here on it, and maybe you guys can explain this, because I was completely lost when it happened, is after the gun scene where he shoots uh, shoots him in the head and then blood splatters on the painting, and then her eye, the, the, the screen and her eyes turn red, um, like that completed some sort of uh, ritual or sacrifice. But they play, they mm-hmm. really put, uh, they really drill that painting in, in a lot of scenes and really try to, put some in your head but i can't figure out um the correlation that uh that the painting has with the rituals themselves the only thing i could come up with when i was watching it because i was kind of thinking the same thing like what is the Mm. significance of the rocky and apollo creed painting is that that Mm. was a bonding moment between sophie and you know the melee challenge guy and maybe there was like a bonding of like caring and love there so like to like spill blood upon it is like some kind of magic ritual thing. That's yeah. the closest I could come up with it. That might be a stretch. I don't know. You know, like there was times I was like, like some of that stuff. I was just like, I don't, I don't know what y'all talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, it could also be like where the, the the bonding between the two and then her, you know, killing him is like some form of like sigil or something like that mm-hmm. that like completes the cycle to open this portal. Yeah. But yeah, then you don't you don't get a port like we talked about earlier. Like John's yeah. earlier, we don't get a portal. <laughs> yeah. get the portal. No, you, you assume it's a portal. And does she not have fangs? Am I wrong about that, or does she just got weird baby teeth? I think it's just weird baby teeth. <laughs> My, I thought she had yeah, fangs. Yeah, I, I honestly can't remember, so I can't say either way. But. Yeah, I just did not. I, uh, the ending felt, in my opinion, a little incomplete. I did not understand what was what really just yeah. happened. It is a little incomplete, which but is... like, it also kind of like goes there a little bit, too, which I kind of like. Mm-hmm. It's like all this stuff that might be bullshit, you know, because mm-hmm. like, it's not working. All of a sudden, well, actually, you know, maybe it is real. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the whole aspect of the dad. He opened a portal and then he dies. Or we assume he opened a portal and he died. Yeah, He's been a crazy old guy. <laughs> That's true too. Um, but we do get they that even, visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's Sorry. true. And oh no, you're right. they even talk about too when when uh, Ronnie Carr's character Marcus first brings the mentally challenged guy home, how he ripped a hole in his dad's basement, and then cut next scene. 
the, there's not any expansion of that dialogue. Is that supposed to be some insinuation of some portal or or not? Yep. Yeah. Can it only be well, done in one location? You know. Yeah. Is that like what is the significance mm. of his dad's house? Because they really play into that a lot. There is a gigantic hole in the basement too. There is. Yeah. <laughs> But the, even when they're at that Brightside Butcher's house with that scene with the with the girl with the spike bat the spike bat scene and everything, um, the Brightside Butcher character of Ron even asks him, you know, what's going on, and he's like, I don't know, like we've only done this at, at in my dad's basement, mm-hmm. so it seems like the ritual, like you were saying, the ritual does not really seem to work outside of uh, of that location. But yeah. the, the end sequence takes place in the bathroom, which is not in the basement. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I'm just lost. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, yeah, you're right. And that is kind of the problem, right? Where the movie forces you to kind of fill in a little too much. Like I'm okay with the movie like making me like think and like fill in gaps and stuff like that. This movie does that a little too much. Over it's like I'm almost having to make my own lore about it to make it make (laughs) sense. Yeah, (laughs) is that intentional? Start writing gateway meet fan fiction just to get an idea of what's going on. But, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do kind of agree. I, I do agree with that. Where it is like, you, you do have to like create your own like story to get a clear resolution. But again, in a way, that's kind of interesting because you don't see a lot of movies do that. If it was on purpose, which again, it may not have been. I don't know. But at the same time, um, it is like. Maybe just have a, a little bit more of this, like, lore so we can put pieces together. Yeah. And, you know, like, there's moments, too, where it's like it wasn't really necessarily needed that they could have used to, like, explain more. Like, for instance, like, the broadside butcher coming back for the guy at the liquor store. It's like we never really needed that. Although I will yeah. say, as a guy who works retail, that is, like, my nightmare. Is there a pissed off yeah. coupon lady and she's gonna come cat me? Not <laughs> 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 the fucking uh, coupon lady. <laughs> but like you know, you could have took those scenes and like used that time to explain a little bit more of the lore. <laughs> yeah. Well, because there's nothing really to be gained from from killing killing that uh, liquor store worker. You know, he threat because he steals uh, run. He steals the the bottle of vodka and then threatens a the guy, but. And, and uh, that was another question I have: is what is really this guy's role or relationship with uh, with Ron DeCaro's character of Marcus? But yeah, he, there's yeah. not. I mean, this guy, and maybe he it just ties in where he's just this serial killer that lives in town, like you know, like yeah. in in the White Lie. Um, but yeah, he just comes back and then basically just shoots the guy in the head for no reason, really. The, the squib look good though. Yeah, squib look really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it's just like it ties it to the white lie. Like, I think he had the idea of tying it to eating razors and wanted to tie it to that one as well. And then you bring this character yeah. in. And it's not a stretch to think that these two would be friends. You know, because like, yeah. it feels like every scene other than when they're together that Ron or the Broadside Butcher is in isn't really necessary. Because there's also a scene where he goes mm. down to that basement where those drug addicts are and he kills them. Yeah. It really has no bearing mm. on the movie at all. I mean, that seems cool wild too, though. Like, you know, huh? so that seems and, wild too. It is. I mean, it's a cool yeah. thing, but like, it doesn't really like. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. No. <laughs> but I, th- I think you're totally right on the fact that those scenes 
whether it be the the scene what you just referenced with the the party and the drug dealer and the guy in the the wheelchair and whatnot that scene and also the uh, liquor store worker scene that probably honestly was just added to um connect those universes with the white like because he already did his like he did with the eating razors when he comes back into the condo and then he you know sees the wife that he presumably killed stabbed in the face which was a really cool effect the, stab, the face really stab, cool really thing. cool effect. Yeah. <laughs> um and then he eats the razor so yeah those scenes could have just been kind of peppered in there too um well that's the thing that's what i'd really like to know is how much uh like were, were just those scenes what qualifies them being in the same universe or how uh how much do these Dude, the short films and the gateway meet really kind of intertwined with each other. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, and the inclusion of eating razors is the one that makes everything confusing because it's you could throw the wig on the guy, but it's obviously the same guy. You know, it's clearly it's the same because yeah. he dreams about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. once you throw that into there, this everything becomes like up in there as what's real, what's not real, what's backwards, what's forward. None of it makes sense, but in a yeah. good way, that does in a good way. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting he decided to tie it all together. Like, kind of yeah. create, create this, like, unity of his films. It's admirable. It is a nice touch, too. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, very, it's very... Oh, yeah. It's very possible, too, that he made the the pre uh, the, the, the two previous shorts with no intentions of a trilogy, potentially, and then with yeah. Gateway Meet, he was like, oh, I can tie these together. And it could just be very possible he kind of just ran out of time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also too that maybe it's just like maybe we're focusing on the wrong thing, and the movie's just about the two characters from his two short films, and the part of stuff just don't matter. You know. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It could be a part of it too. You know. Yeah. Just their their meeting and and relationship. Crap. There's one thing I just wanted to touch on that just escaped my brain. Oh, I'll see if I can. I'll see. If, I'll see if I can. Oh, what I was gonna say is, um, even though despite some of the confusion, um, that I have with the gateway meet, I do think it is really cool when you see people working on those kind of micro budgets, um, shooting for something that's really ambitious, and that's something I've always appreciated, especially from like Brian Pond's work, for example. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. you just kind of do these things that seem uh, so grandiose with with such little money, and I I, I do really appreciate. It. When people really, you know, take that, uh, I don't know, take their creativity to the next level or something like that and really just shoot, shoot big. Yeah, it's like James Bell as well James with, Bell, uh, yeah. with a lot of his stuff. Like he, he has this very, very small budget and he's, a lot of times it's where it's, it's just him and his, his wife. But sometimes he, of course, other people will be in the movies as well, but he's able to create these whole universes and these like all kinds of like just bizarre like stories with like so little well i imagine a lot very little money yeah mm-hmm. it's like you know i you know i've talked about it before on our show where it's like these filmmakers who refuse to let budget dictate their stories mm-hmm. you know guys like james bell dustin mills brian Pollen, or even you know joe meredith who's been around just a little bit recently with the um yeah oh yeah his variant trilogy um you know these guys they just refuse to like let their like low budget dictate what kind of movie they're going to make. They're going to build mm. these worlds regardless. And I, it's like, I don't know, like it's hard even for me to wrap my head around. Like I couldn't imagine trying to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's admirable and uh, inspirational to, to be like, Oh, you know, th- this, this person did it. Then why can't I do it? You yeah. know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's all like, just ultimately there's tons of passion poured into it. So they, you know, they do what they have to do and bust their ass making what they have to make and make sure it all comes together. Oh yeah, and like Brian Pollen is definitely one of those guys. Is definitely like at least at least for me like the the guy when it comes the to guy. that kind of <laughs> yeah the, the guy. But it's like him, it's, like him and Ronda Carr are not too far apart in like timeline wise. Like no, uh, mm. of course, like Pollen started with the shot on video era, but mm. like Ronda Carr came in, you know, not too long after that. No, so yeah. see him you know have you know these very micro budgets and just being like fuck it i'm gonna make a movie it's very cool to see yeah yeah, yeah it's crazy too like when you see a guy yeah. on post images on facebook of like giant bathroom <laughs> and you know this dude ain't working with much money you know it's just insane <laughs> yeah. he makes the stuff the creatures that that dude can make blows my fucking mind i remember um like have you guys seen blood pigs oh yeah mm-hmm like the creature at the end of blood pigs and how fucking tall it is and it's just it, it it's absolutely nuts yeah you think it takes you know so much money well brian paul is also a master of his craft so he makes yeah, sure he, yeah. he he's able to utilize his resources and make sure it has a badass outcome but yeah that and even like that um like his uh that anthology from a lot of his shot on video stuff that morbid tales release that he did the the tree creature and the wraparound yep. story you know <laughs> it's like how yeah. the hell do you make this <laughs> Like he creates he these like Lovecraftian nightmares on like shoestring budgets, mm. and dude. Like, turning whole like, garage into like a cemetery and shit, and it looks religious. yeah. <laughs> and it's like uh, with his Symbolica segment. Oh yeah, <laughs> went fucking insane with it, and it's like, dude, you you did not have to go as hard as you did, <laughs> but you you I went still there. Had to see his Symbolica segment. That was on it's the crazy. second Symbolica two, was it? Yes. I th- I so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've seen Symbolic Kiss, the first one, but um, I'll have to get around to that. There's a lot of cool people involved in those projects. I'm not, and I'm such a huge Brian Pollen fan. I, I don't know why I, why I haven't watched that yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much stuff like Brian Pollen has made that I haven't seen. It's because I'm just shitty at watching movies, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I got to do better about that. I, I'm good at collecting them. Mm, I got to check out more of his earlier shot and video stuff he did like do some uh dvdr runs of uh like reap of evil and i did grab a copy of reap of evil but for some reason my player does not want to play the dvdr so i'll have to take it to a friend's house or something to see if it works then but i really want to check that one out oh yeah i think i think you have that one too don't you john i do yeah yeah all right is there any uh Anything else you guys got on the gateway meet? I think I'm pretty much covered the bases that I wanted to cover personally. I don't know how much I have left to <laughs> contribute to the gateway meet. <laughs> yeah, I think I've, I think we've touched everything that I was wanting to hit with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree as well. I, I do think like the one thing I will add is like it just it's very admirable what he tried to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I think what with what he had you know available to him, he was able to pull off something pretty wild that mm-hmm. people still talk about to the day. I mean, hell, we're sitting here talking about it now. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's the thing. The, the Gateway Meat trilogy, whether and I, I, I do really like the movie, um, but whether people love it or hate it, it kind of stood the test of time within yep. that uh, world of underground and extreme cinema and the fact that people are. Um, and it's funny because the second that Acid Brain released just went out of print like a month ago. Now everyone's there's like a high demand for it again. But um, 
but yeah, he really, uh, he really did make something, something really cool with it. And, uh, it did, um, <laughs> it, it here, here's the real question is the gateway meet, uh, extreme iceberg worthy. <laughs> oh God. That's, that's about a tier seven, you know, and it's pretty deep. <laughs> <laughs> it was in with like a bunch of fucking Mondo and like mixtapes, like fetish mixtapes and real gore stuff. And I'm like, did you Dude. see the gateway meet? <laughs> Dude, is it, is it really that low? Yeah, it's 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 like yeah, it's past like Tommy Doll Flash and Mortem <laughs> and shit like that. Yeah. God damn it! That it's, thing is such a fucking mess, dude. That thing, and it won't yeah. die. It won't die. It keeps coming back. That was the funniest shit to have. That was the funniest shit ever. But some people, it really helped some people out. Um, mm-hmm. like I remember, I was uh, cause like like me and James Bell, we we'll we'll like we would when that thing came out, we should on the making fun of all the time he's like damn it why couldn't they have put dog dick on the horror movie iceberg because a lot of these filmmakers who made these movies a lot of like normies from you know places like tiktok or whatever aren't familiar with the territory um and that's the funny thing too about a lot of this content is you can have people that aren't into horror at all but there's kind of this morbid curiosity that everybody has where they want to seek this stuff out so i think a lot of those directors saw a good increase in in uh in sales of their movies that ended up on the iceberg list because that thing just blew up but it was crazy what was crazy about it is seeing YouTubers with like half a million subscribers talk about it and break it down, but also yeah. simultaneously not knowing anything about the movies at all. Oh, yeah. and just, it, just the irresponsible like, platforming that went on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> like, it's like, I know uh, Windagoon, like, he feels, I, I know he's like, he feels so bad for like <laughs> being like, God, I spread so much bullshit I didn't mean to. <laughs> Like he's we came out and said it multiple times. Like I'm, I'm not like a like a viewer of his shit really. I watched mm-hmm. that video, and I was like, oh god, that's something. That stuff's illegal. What is that? And then I'm, yeah. and then it wasn't too long after. I was like, oh wait, no, it's not. Yeah, I was like, no, what are you talking about? Because <laughs> yeah, like I brought it Even up, though... in, it was like Fubar, and John yeah. was like, Fubar's not illegal. Not very good mixtape, but it's a mixtape. Like bunch of mixtapes like that snuff r73 mixtape like all of those all of a sudden everyone on reddit and everything is ask as asking for it but yeah maybe oh, that might have been one of the youtubers i was talking about and yeah it is irresponsible to kind of i mean i don't know maybe t- it's probably not the best to talk about some of you don't really know too much in the first place but it is good that he had the backbone of the integrity to in front of his audience be like look i yeah. kind of dropped the ball on that one yeah and i apologize yeah. people yeah. a lot of people don't even do something like that Oh, TikTok that's is kind of the new disturbing movie iceberg in a way. Oh lord! Like movies get picked up on TikTok, and yeah. they do. They blow up. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I know, like, uh, like uh, Sam Howell of a broke house. He's got some uh, some luck off TikTok. I think. Mm-hmm. I think he's oh really? Yeah, I'm, I've been seeing people uh, kind of. I mean, that's the new way to market. Essentially, you know, I've seen like I know like Jonathan Dope, Peter Productions is starting to kind of break out into the TikTok yep. world and. Even mm-hmm. if you're not somebody who's into it, I mean that's a whole market to tap into, you know. Well, I know you I, had to guess with TikTok as well. Yeah, there's a. I had this little <laughs> this little search for a second where like in because I don't really get much views on YouTube, and then like in like five days, I got like four thousand <laughs> views on a video or something like that. And then I was like, what the hell happened? What happened with that? So then I typed in the name of the video or the name of it, and then I typed in TikTok, and then I saw that a TikTok was posted about it, but. But yeah, it seems like uh, TikTok, 
TikTok is the future for extreme horror cinema. <laughs> you want some guy in a, in a thumbnail crying, being like, I shouldn't have watched this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. It. You've done it. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I, I can't wait to see the day where it's some guy in a thumbnail being like, I should not have watched Deviant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I had some people that were legitimately asking me or commenting like not trolling or anything saying like hey like is she actually alive but then at the same time and it's cool to like get these reaction out of people but it also at the same time it's like dude like just pay close attention obviously it's not real okay yeah. like i dropped the ball wouldn't be on YouTube if it was real. right there'd be there'd be hella blood shooting out of her stomach okay and i it was a learning experience for everybody but it is cool to see some, some people to watch something like that and have those reactions because I don't know. That's really awesome. But yeah, some people, it's just like, really, dude? No, it's not fucking real. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. It's really cool to see that, though. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I don't have a, a TikTok, but maybe in some of these days in the future, I, if everyone's kind of promoting a lot of their stuff on there, I don't want to miss out on stuff. So I might have to, to bite the bullet and end up doing that. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Look, I don't really I, know what it is. I don't really <laughs> understand really how it works. It's like Instagram kind of. Um, I don't know. No I just don't understand how aggro. Man be like, hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> what are you young kids up to now? <laughs> what, what's up, walk? youth? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too. Is it makes you feel so old and out of touch when you see things like the like see certain videos and stuff blowing up on TikTok, and I'll have to ask like some of the younger kids at the skate park, like, hey, like, what does this term mean? I've been hearing. <laughs> I've been hearing a lot of young guys <laughs> saying, like, like I had my friend, I had, I had to tell my friend, I was like, what does cap mean? You know, I'm, I'm lost. I had the exact same yeah. conversation, not but a few days ago. I was like, I, is that right? Did I use it right? right? I'm so fucking out of touch when it comes to the, it's like the new, like, in terminology and cool words and whatnot. Dude, I had a, I saw a video that, that made me feel old. Because it was like, if you're born in the uh, the 1990s, then you're you're old. And I'm like, what Buddy, the fuck? Right. They talk to me when you start losing your hair. <laughs> <laughs> then you can talk about being old. <laughs> I can't well, actually, open the like security camera, being like, fuck. <laughs> I had a I had a kind of a funny funny experience. Uh, this was probably like a month ago. I was up at the local skate park, and there was a guy there who was also skating and. And he was like, yeah, like, how long you been skating, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, like, 10, or not 10. I was like, well, like, 12, 13 years or whatever. He's like, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 25. And he goes, damn, like, you're still ripping at 25. And I'm like, well, hold on, I'm only 25. <laughs> still ripping at 40. And it's like, okay, chill out for a second. Still ripping at 25. Man, that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> it's like when the kid at the skate park doesn't know who your favorite skater is. Like, I remember being like, oh, yeah, my favorite skater is Heath Kirchart. And this kid looked at me. Yeah. Like, who? Who? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. he's plastic now. <laughs> yeah. Oh I kind of know skateboarding these days, at least around where I am, seems to be a little bit of a dying trend. Like when I was in high school, um, you know, there's always, there seemed to be like this generation of kids uh, like three years apart in, in high school. There'd be a whole group of people skating. Me and my friends, they're the guys, like the locals at our park before us and for them and and it seems like there's just kind of this dying trend of people that don't really, really skateboard all that, all you know, too much anymore. But it could just be where I am. I'm sure maybe in places like California down south, it's it's more of a popular thing. But people don't do it anymore. Well, skateboarding also, like skateboarding and a lot of other things, just comes in waves too. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like eventually. Yeah, 
it's like eventually like even like this trend of like disturbing movies will eventually die off and mm. we will all be still hanging around being like remember <laughs> us <laughs> hold on to this way yeah just just like, milk it cool, as much as you can. <laughs> yeah but I think they always will pop back up, or at least some films. Like, we were just talking about how The Gateway Meet pretty much stood the test of time, being a movie that came out in 2008, and they're just still being uh, sought after. But I think that a movie, obviously I'm biased because I, I, it's a really important movie to me, and I love it. But um, August Underground came out in 2001. You know what I mean? And there's still kids on TikTok saying, you know, what's this movie? Where can I find this movie? And I see it all over groups, and a lot of young people looking for it. And I think there's always going to be maybe these waves of... Uh, I don't know, popularity within uh, extreme cinema. And, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. That was Ronda Carlo's Bright Side Trilogy. Is there anything else you guys would like to add to that or any final thoughts on any of the short films or the gateway meet? Just seek them out. I mean, I think there's a reason why we're talking about them today. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's the thing. Pick them up. We might have... It might have sounded like at some parts that we might have been trashing the Gateway Meet, but the Gateway Meet is, in my opinion, it's still an awesome movie. And if you're a fan of uh, like low-budget horror and more extreme cinema, even though it's not like a super fucked up movie, it's something you should definitely add to your collection. And uh, unfortunately, it's out of print now. But uh, I don't know. Somebody, I'm sure, someday will pick it up. And uh, it is. You know, I've seen a lot of people in some circles... The Gateway Meet has been an accessible DVD for so many years now, and then like a week after, I think these are the people who just didn't pull the trigger on it. But now there's this high demand for it, so you're probably best off finding a copy of the Acid Brain release of The Gateway Meet. Um, yeah. But if you find one of those for cheap, it's definitely worth picking up. You know, don't spend a hundred dollars on an out of print DVD, but it's worth grabbing to find it for a reasonable price. And if you're patient enough, so sometimes things just pop up for for really cheap, and uh, you just luck out. So. Yeah, don't don't be like me and spend like two hundred fucking dollars on the August Underground Blu-ray for it to get announced months later for a release. Yeah. Well, who was it? I, Spooky Celluloid. Yeah. He bought August Underground like because uh, me and him were chatting. And I'm not well. I'm not even gonna say how much. Um, but um, but he was telling me he's like, yeah, I spent a pretty decent amount on August Underground, and then literally like two days later, under yeah. filmed is like we're releasing the August Underground trilogy. <laughs> Dude, uh, like I, I remember messaging him right afterwards. He was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. <laughs> he was like, "Fuck!" For a for a guy that didn't even like the movie. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I love I love Spooky, but god damn it, <laughs> he's got to be one of the best horror YouTubers in the in the game oh. right now. That dude, oh, his, yeah. the way he edits his videos, the way he puts everything yep. together, so professional, so well done. So, also, yeah, shout out to Spooky Celluloid if you're listening. If you're not familiar with Spooky Celluloid, check out his YouTube channel. Really, really awesome reviews. Awesome dude. Oh, absolutely. And obviously, check out Sick on Cinema if you guys, anyone listening, has not checked out your guys' podcast yet because it's one of my favorites of all time. And I was catching up on his work uh, like a week ago. I caught up on like three episodes that I that I missed in the past and uh, made my work day a a lot better. Oh, thank you. you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming on and talking about this. We should definitely uh, do this more chat about some movies, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm glad to get around cover uh, Takara's movies. And uh, yeah, thank you guys again so much for doing this. Oh, thank you for having us on. Yep. Thank you. Of course. We'll talk soon. Take it easy guys. You too.